We're going from glory to glory. We're living in the overflow. Amen. We're being changed by his presence. Glory to God. We're being refreshed, revived, and renewed. And we're running our race with his grace upon us. Amen. Well, go ahead. Greet somebody around you. Be seated. Seated be. Good to see you guys tonight. Like we shared this morning, tonight we're starting a new series on power from on high. Now I do realize that probably the majority of you lovely folks here tonight are already filled with the Holy Ghost. There may be some that aren't and you will be able to receive that precious gift by the end of this service. Yeah, some of it could have leaked, that's for sure, too. (coughs) But along with this teaching, it's not, you know, just for those that haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit, but for us that have been for many years, we need to be, we need to get a refresher course from time to time on how important it is to speak with other tongues and how important it is to release that power that is on the inside of us. And it's also a good tool for us to share with other folks. There are people that we come in contact with on a regular basis that don't know about this wonderful experience called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I really believe that we are now living in a time like there was during the charismatic renewal and even amplified where more and more people are going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And he's helping us to be empowered with his power. There's too many Christians that are walking around that are powerless. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever feel powerless? Well, we're not powerless. We're empowered. And there really shouldn't be such a thing as a powerless Believer, But unfortunately, there are a lot of Christians that have not tapped into what's available to us as believers. Of course, being born again is the most important decision that you will ever make in your life. How many believers do we have in the house tonight? Every one of you have asked Jesus into your heart. He is your Lord and he is your Savior. But getting born again is not the end of our spiritual walk. It's only the beginning. And there's so much more in store for us. Jesus told his disciples, and we'll just jump off there in Luke chapter 24, verse 49 in the New King James. Jesus appeared to his disciples. This was after the resurrection. And he gave them instructions. And he said this, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. He was telling them that there is another experience that you need to have, not just believing in me as your Lord and Savior, but you need this promise of my Father who said he's going to send the power of the Holy Spirit. And where did he say that this power was going to come from? He said, from heaven. 
You're going to be endued with power from on high, the promise of my father. And I looked up that word endued out of W.E. Vines, and it says this, to be clothed with, to be clothed with. In this passage, it's literally saying, be clothed with power. Just like I put on this red jacket because of Holy Ghost and fire. I put on this red jacket tonight. I got endued. I got clothed with this jacket. And that's what Jesus is saying to them. Put on this power. Get endued with it. Just like you put on clothes. Now I'm glad to report that nobody came in here tonight unclothed. Thank God. That you did not come in here naked and unafraid. You came in here fully clothed. But there's too many Christians that are walking around and they're not endued and they're not clothed with the power that Jesus has promised us. We don't want to be naked in the realm of the spirit. We don't want to be powerless. We want to be endued like a cloak walking around with that power and that ability that comes from being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Jesus continued his instructions to his disciples after he was raised from the dead and he appeared to them. He continued his instructions over in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 in the Amplified This is going to just be laying a foundation, some basic things tonight. But I know the Spirit of God is going to speak to all of our hearts. Amen? Amen. In the Amplified, but you shall receive, read this with me, power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends, the very bonds of the earth. So we see that in the, in the, over in the book of John, Jesus was instructing them. Pastor read some things about that this morning about the work of the Holy Spirit in the believer's life. And now he's telling them <coughs> there is another experience. The Holy Spirit, when you get born again, God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit all come to reside on the inside of us. But now he's telling them, not only is he going to be in you, he's going to come upon you. And he's going to empower you. And he's going to give you an ability that you don't have. He's going to give you a strength and a might that you don't have in yourself. Could anybody use that? Could anybody use some help from heaven, some power from on high, some supernatural equipping? Hallelujah. We don't always know what to do in situations. We don't always have the wisdom and the insight and the understanding and the power and the ability and the might. We don't have that in and of ourselves, but we do have him who does have it and he's on the inside of us and he will come up on us hallelujah it sounds like to me he when he comes up on us we can literally be changed into another person we have an ability beyond ourselves aren't you thankful i am thankful for the baptism of the holy spirit 
I am thankful for the insight that he gives us. I am thankful for his might and his wisdom that comes uh, into us when we get filled with the Holy Spirit. I've been baptized with the Holy Ghost. I was 11 years old. It was right before my 12th birthday. And that, I'll just tell you this, long 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 time ago like the beginning of the star wars that's how (laughs) but i love jesus i love the father and i love the presence of the holy spirit the ability to tap into things that i don't know with my own understanding the ability to pray in the holy ghost and to draw from the wells of salvation to draw up that wisdom wow it's awesome and we ought to be excited about being filled with him and we ought to pray that other people would be hungry to receive this precious precious gift There's a lot of misconceptions about being filled with the Holy Spirit. There are people that think that speaking in tongues is of the devil and that it's a cult and all sorts of crazy thinking out there. I recently had an experience with uh, my hairdresser. I've been going to her for many years and she has a, a daughter who's 18 they go, they're good Christian people. They go to a really nice evangelical church. But her daughter, you know, sometimes this happens. Her daughter started dating a young man that goes to a church called Victory Outreach. And Victory Outreach is a wild Pentecostal church. And so the other day I was sent there and she starts telling me, I'm kind of concerned. She said uh, that she's still going to our church with us on Sunday. She's on the worship team and everything. But they have this Friday night service. And then they have this kind of really wild Sunday night service. And Gianna's coming home and telling me all these things that are happening there. They're all raising their hands and they're dancing. And she said, I can deal with that. But then she started talking about this tongues business. Mom, they're speaking in another language. So her mother, being the good mom that she is, says, well, I'm just going to go to church with you so she went on a sunday night and experienced it for herself and she's going through all of this she goes i was good with the worship it's good with the dancing good with the shouting that you know they had a, got a lot of passion she said it was awesome but then she said they all started lifting their hands and it sounded like gibberish to me they were all saying this foreign language and yeah you know, like i said i've been going to her for a long time and she goes have you ever heard of that and i said no chill 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 We'll edit the names just to protect the innocent. I took her hands and I said, how many times have I told you that our church is a Pentecostal charismatic church? She's like, yeah, so what? I said, it means I speak in tongues. And you know what? This is what she did, though. She went, whew, that's a relief. She said, I know you, and if you do that, then my daughter is safe. <laughs> but I'm thinking your daughter's not safe because she's, a, she's messing around on that slippery creek bank, and she's probably going to slide on in, get filled with the Holy Ghost. But anyway, there's just all this misconception that it's, ooh, no, it's not. 
It's in the Bible. We just read two passages and there's so many more where Jesus told his disciples, you're going to get endued with power from on high. And it's so important that you receive this wonderful experience. Don't leave Jerusalem without him. It's a word for us. Don't leave home without getting tanked up on the Holy Ghost. Pray in the spirit on a regular basis. So if the church, if the early disciples at the beginning of the church age needed to be endued with this power from on high, do you think that we need the same Holy Spirit power here at the end of the age? They started the church age full of the Holy Ghost. We're going to end the church age full of the Holy Ghost. We are not going to end the church age all bound up and, and fearful and oppressed and all of this. No, we're ending full of power and full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Brother Hagin, you've heard us talk about him, our spiritual father. Jesus appeared to him, I don't know how many times. But in 1987, he had a vision where Jesus appeared to him. And he talked to him for three hours. And at the end of the vision, I'm quoting this, Jesus said to Brother Hagin, It is my plan under the new covenant for every believer to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Just think of it. Jesus died. He paid the ultimate sacrifice for us to be born again, to enjoy heaven, to have this wonderful Christian life and relationship with him. But in that same covenant that he has ratified is this precious baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's part of what he has provided for us. It's part of our rights and our privileges. Amen. Can I get a witness in here tonight? How many of you are thankful for everything that Jesus has provided? How many of you want all the blessings that he has given unto us? You want to live in the overflow. You want to walk in health. You want to walk in prosperity. You want to walk in peace. All of these are our covenant rights. And so is being filled with power from on high. Now, some people may ask, and I know none of you in here would ask that, but in case you know someone, and for the sake of the CD, someone may ask, well, can I be born again and go to heaven without being filled with the Holy Ghost? What's the answer? Of course. You can. But my question is always this. But once you receive the knowledge of this awesome gift, why wouldn't you want him? Why wouldn't you want power from on high? Lord gave me this illustration several years ago when I was thinking about this. Of of how do you illustrate to people the difference the Holy Spirit makes in our lives? Let's say that you have five acres of land that need to be mowed. And somebody gives you one of those old-timey little push lawnmowers. Doesn't have much power. You could work and work on five acres of land with that little push lawnmower. 
but it would take you so long by the time you got done, you'd have to start over again because the grass over there had grown again. (laughs) Bear witness. Or you could take one of those little power mowers, which probably a lot of you have those where you pull the little thing and you push it and it's got power and it goes a little bit better, a little bit faster. And you could get the job done a little easier, a little quicker. Or you could do this. You could have a huge, powerful John Deere. I love John Deere's. John Deere riding lawnmower. Snap. That five acres is nothing. It's done. So what made the difference in mowing these five acres of land? What made the difference? The equipment and the power under the hood. And we got the power in us. And we've been equipped, hallelujah, to get the job done quicker, better, and faster with our heavenly helper and the anointing on the inside of us. He didn't equip us with a little push lawnmower. No, he's given us his word. He's given us his name. He's given us his precious blood. And he has given us the power of the Holy Ghost. And yes, I know I'm saying it a lot, but we're getting it. The power of the Holy Ghost is in me. And he's on me. And he wants to flow through me. Hallelujah. That's how he manifests himself. We being filled with the Holy Ghost is like tapping into the major power source of heaven. I've heard people say this, that electricity is God's power in the natural. Where did electricity come from? Well, it came from lightning and lightning is powerful stuff. Just ask the people in Oklahoma. Oh my Lord, this past week. They had an earthquake 10 days ago. Then they had um, every other day tornado watches and then thunder and lightning and hail and now flooding. But they've seen a lot of lightning and lightning is powerful in the natural. It's God's power being manifest in the natural. And it's always been present in the earth. Think of it. There's always been lightning, but it wasn't until somebody by the name of Ben Franklin decided to play with a kite and a key on it, and he discovered the real power in lightning. And he tried to harness that, and now we have electricity. Thank God for it. And then Thomas Edison took it a step further and developed the light bulb. Did you know that he? somebody said to him, why don't you give up? He tried 10,000 times to get that, that electricity to be conducted into a light bulb. And somebody said, you failed 10,000 times. And he said, no, I've just discovered 10,000 ways it doesn't work. <laughs> but he didn't stop. And I'm thankful that he didn't stop. Because now we can walk in here and flip on a switch and have electricity. Now... <coughs> We don't have, we can only, we can have candlelight dinners because we want to and not because we have to. 
And we can have, you know, we don't have to curl our hair if we don't want to, but we don't have to have ugly hair because we can't have blow dryers and we don't have curling irons. Thank God for electricity. Amen. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is like God's electricity, like the lightning of God being harnessed and being put on the inside of us. The power is available, but that power is not automatic. How did we get born again? Anybody know? By faith. Believe it in our heart. Confess it with our mouth. By faith. How do we receive our healing? By faith. Everything that we receive from God is activated by us releasing our faith. And it's the same way with the power of the Holy Spirit and being baptized in the Holy Spirit. We must receive by faith. Just like they did on the day of Pentecost. You know, those 120 where Jesus, we read it, he said, go to the city of Jerusalem, tarry till you be endued with power from on high. He told them, go and wait. They were there. You know, they didn't know what to expect. But by faith, they went. By faith, I'm sure they were waiting on God. They were praying. They weren't sitting in there talking about this and talking about that. They were on a mission. They were in there doing what God had told them to do. And they, by faith, were expecting to be endued with some kind of power from on high. I am sure they didn't know if, if cloaks were going to fall from heaven and they were going to all of a sudden be robed. They didn't know what was going to happen, but they knew something was going to happen and they were doing their part. They were waiting. Now, let me just say this. So many people have built a doctrine on waiting. They had to wait because Jesus told them to. And they had to wait because the first outpouring of the Holy Spirit was a moed. It was an appointed time. He was going to come on the day of Pentecost. It's not called the day of Pentecost because that's when he came. The day of Pentecost was an already an established feast day. It originated in the wilderness 50 days after Passover and the giving of the law on Mount Sinai is when the first Pentecost happened. And think about that. When the giving of the law came on Mount Sinai, what was it accompanied with? Fire, lightning, the whole mountain shook at the presence of God and the giving of the law. What did it do? It gave them new revelation. It brought them to a higher place in God. So God never does anything by accident. And before Jesus comes, every one of the feast days shall be fulfilled. So this was the fulfillment of the feast of Pentecost. And so that's why they had to wait. It was going to come at a certain time and a certain day, the day of Pentecost. But for us now, because the original outpouring, the first outpouring has happened. We don't have to tarry. We don't have to wait. We receive by faith. When I was growing up, it was kind of a thing where, you know, you want to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, you just 
might want to bring your pillow because you're going to need it. You're going to be on your knees or laying on the floor for hours. And it seemed like the magic time to get filled with the Holy Ghost was when the clock strikes midnight. You just might get filled. I think what it was is that people were so tired and exhausted at that point. They just yielded. It's like, oh, it's midnight, dear God. And they yielded. Their flesh gave out. But we don't have to tarry. We receive by faith. Amen. So let's look over at Acts chapter 2. And let's just read what happened here. Acts chapter 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. And we already explained it, it was a specific day. It was a feast day of Pentecost. Jesus always knew exactly what he was doing because not only was it fulfilling this feast day, but Jerusalem was packed. The streets were packed with all the Jews that had come there to celebrate this feast day. So it's no accident he fell on that day. Verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There's some things we want to point out there. A sound from heaven, not from hell. Tongues are not of the devil. This sound came from heaven. And then I like how it said suddenly. When he came, it was a suddenly because he was ready to come and to take charge of the church. The Holy Ghost was ready to come and to fill the believers with himself. It was a wonderful time. And then a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house. Glory to God. We think it's something when people shake under the power of God. And that is a a display and a demonstration. But we're living in the time when I believe that whole places and houses are going to shake under the power of the Holy Ghost. We've heard testimonies of, of this one particular church. They were having this prayer meeting and the power of God was in strong manifestation. And all of a sudden, the fire department shows up. And they're like, why? Why are you here? Well, we have to check because people were calling and they were saying that there was a flame on top of your building. They went out there and they could see the flame, but nothing was burnt and nothing was burning. It was a manifestation of the Holy Ghost and fire. That'd get people's attention. What if all of a sudden the roof up here was just like one big giant flame and the people driving by on Hesperia? That'd get some attention. God's in to signs, wonders, displays of his awesomeness and his power. Glory to God. Verse 3. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat up on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. 
I was doing a women's meeting one time and I was preaching about this, been filled with the Holy Spirit. And there was somebody there. You might, y'all might remember Cindy and Bruce and Cindy Black. But I mean, it was under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. And I just went and sat on her lap. Hi, honey. <laughs> and I sat there and said, Cindy, do you feel me? Do you feel my presence? And she was like, yeah, yeah. I said, yeah, I know. I know you feel my presence. And that's what happened to them. It was not some little candle flick above their head. You know, sometimes they paint these pictures and it's a little flick of the bick above their head. No, it said he sat on them. His presence was so heavy and so weighty that they were consumed with the fire of God from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. They knew they had been sat on. Hallelujah. It's a good thing when the Holy Ghost and the presence of Almighty God saturates us and he sets on us. Glory to God. The first three letters of saturate are sat. When you get saturated, you've been sat on and his presence is heavy and weighty and it's consuming. Hallelujah. Consumed with the fire of God. Doesn't the Bible tell us over in Hebrews 12, 29 that our God is what? A consuming fire. He doesn't just consume sin, which he does, but he wants to consume us to the degree that it burns out junk, burns other things out and burns him in. When you come in contact with fire, if you touch something and you get burned, it leaves a mark. God wants to leave a mark in the hearts of his people. He wants our spirits to be branded. I am here and you are my branded. Hallelujah. When we were growing up as kids, my dad's name was John and his last name Edwards. And we had a, a brand. You all had to have brands. Everybody had brands on their, for their cattle. Because if they escaped, they wanted to know where they belonged to. And we had a little J. And then it had three little lines that looked like an E. And that was our brand. And any time we'd get new cattle or have new calves, it would be branding day. Get that iron hot and you could... I can still smell it, you know. Thank God. But those cattle were branded. They were stamped. These belong to Johnny Edwards. They got out of the pasture. Our neighbors would bring them home. Good old neighbors, good old boys. They'd bring them home. Because they were branded. That's what the Holy Ghost and fire wants to do. In our lives. Brands us. I'm marked. I'm his. I belong to him. All that I am. All that I have is his. Woo. He's on the inside of me. Glory to God. He's endued me. With power. From on high. Been filled with the Holy Spirit is not just saying a few words in tongues. 
but it is always accompanied with fire. In uh, Luke chapter 3, hold your place there in Acts, but in Luke chapter 3 and verse 16, John's disciples were coming to him and they were saying, Who is this Jesus? You know, he's going around. And he's baptizing people now. And he's doing these miracles. And and we thought you, we're following you, John. And he said to them, John answered them saying, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with what? The Holy Spirit and fire. The fire, far, far, far is how we say it. Far, far, far should accompany being filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And then as we examine this passage, I've always had kind of a curious mind. And I have been curious. I wonder why when they got filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues was the initial evidence. Why was that the sign that he picked? You know, they could have been getting filled with the Holy Spirit and running and leaping and praising God. Or, you know, what if they got filled with the Holy Spirit and they had the voice of an angel? That'd be a sign and a wonder for me. That would be awesome. But he chose speaking in other tongues to be the initial evidence. Of being baptized. I was just a teenager when this revelation came to me. And I do believe it's of the Lord. Of why speaking in other tongues is the initial evidence. And what came to me is found over in James chapter 3 verse 8. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil. Full of deadly poison. What came to me was this. When we speak in other tongues, God has us. You know why? This scripture just points it out. The tongue is the most unruly member of our body to control. Just think of that. When you're walking down the street, it's probably you don't just randomly want to slap somebody across the face or kick them. You know, your hand and your foot normally don't do random things like that. But you could be walking down the street and does your tongue want to gossip? Does your tongue want to say things about unbelief? Does your tongue want to get in strife? That's why this verse says our tongue is our unruly member and it's full of deadly poison. So what came to me is that's why he believed, I believe that's why he chose being filled with the Holy Spirit and the evidence of speaking in other tongues because of this. No man can tame the tongue. We just read that. But who can? God can. God can. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, when we are speaking in other tongues. Not only are we branded, but he is saying, I've got you. I've got you now. Your mouth is in line 
with my perfect will. You can't, let's just, if you speak in tongues, let's just speak in tongues for a minute. We worship you. <clears throat> Did you notice while you're speaking in tongues, you can't be saying, you know what? Linda walked right past me today at church and she did not say hi to me. You can't be saying, did you see what they were wearing? What were they thinking? You can't be saying, oh, God's never going to meet my need. I've been praying and praying. This situation is never going to change. Did you notice that? When you are speaking in tongues, you can't be saying anything else. Because your tongue is speaking in a divine, heavenly language. The power of praying and speaking in other tongues. It helps bring our tongue into subjection. And the more that we pray in tongues, the more we will learn to yield our tongue to the Holy Spirit. And it will become easier to speak those words that bring edification and to speak words of life. You hear all this talk about how we need gun control. Well, I say we need tongue control. That's what we need. And the only way that's going to happen is to speak in other tongues. Of course we speak the word. I'm not diminishing that. We declare and we speak the word. But tonight we are talking about the value of praying in other tongues. We can talk the language of heaven. Tongues is the language of heaven. We'll get into that more next week. But praying in the Holy Spirit is tapping into our power source. It is a direct connection with heaven. And as we pray in the Holy Spirit, that power that resides on the inside of us wells up and it flows out of us. And through the meso bandreto and equisebro toledo remasemitundri bikisotrete. And he will cause you to be able to pray out your future. And as you pray in the Holy Ghost, those demandre saita, those divine utterances, those words from heaven, they go to this situation and they go to that situation. And the Holy Spirit is so powerful that it is you don't have to know what you're praying about and you can even be praying about more than one thing at a time and he can as you're praying in the spirit and giving utterance to that divine heavenly language he's going before you he's making and divine connections and as you're praying in the Holy Spirit it makes you become more aware makes you become more God 
inside-minded. Like Pastor was preaching today, we have a guide on the inside. And he was talking about that there are those that need to make decisions. And and never make a decision out of your head. Don't lean unto your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. And and take the time. Take the time to set aside time to abide. Abide in my presence. And pray in the Holy Ghost. For doesn't the Bible say, he that prayeth in other tongues buildeth up himself. Hallelujah. You get stronger on the inside as you pray in the Holy Ghost. And then you're able to hear so much more clear. Hallelujah. 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 The Bible says, I just quoted it, but in the Amplified, as we're closing tonight in Jude 1.20, but you, beloved, build yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith. Make progress. Rise like an edifice, higher and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit. Anybody in here tonight want to make progress? Want to rise up higher? Woo, hallelujah. Want to have clearer vision? Want to have insight beyond what you see in the natural? Well, let's all stand. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you for that power.